Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. This is exciting. Today is a two-part episode. The first part aired on the podcast called Parent Differently, and that's the podcast that Steph hosts. And today is part two here on Keep Calm and Mother On, and we're both sharing our enough is enough stories. What really made us need to change and change the things we could actually control? Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone. And way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. I am very excited today to welcome Steph to Signant of Parent Differently with Gratitude. This is a two-part episode. So part one aired on her podcast, and this is going to be part two. And we're both sharing stories that you may not have heard before. Our, um, our real why story of like, how did we decide we had to make a shift to parent differently? And so welcome, Steph. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, Steph, can you tell us a little bit about you? Like, where is your family? How many kids do you have? All of that jazz. Sure. So we are in the Bay Area over in California, and I'm originally from Massachusetts, so I have a little bit of that New England (laughs) stoicness to myself. Um, And my kids are 11 and 14. They're both boys. And... I am a former professional nanny, so I was a nanny for 20 years, and I also grew up in the childcare business, so my parents had five child cares when I was wow. growing up. Yeah, so I've been taking care of children before I was legally allowed to. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yep. And I'm the oldest of five as well, so I have four siblings that are younger than me. Um, and so we'll talk about being type A, I'm sure, but like, you'll, now you know why. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you call yourself type A? Is that like how you think you're naturally slanted? I actually, I actually, um, that's an interesting question that I, I have grown into the idea that I'm not only type A, but I'm also a free spirit. And I don't think that they're, uh, mutually exclusive. Yeah. And I embrace the type A. Yes, <laughs> I do. Because it's me. Yeah. That's good. I mean, that's all we can ask. So yeah. when did you have uh, enough is enough moment? It sounds like you've been parenting before you were actually a parent. So did yeah. your enough is enough moment come with your own kids or before that? That's a, that's a great question. If I look back prior to my actual parenting and into my caregiver life, it actually like looks like a dreamland. Like it was so easy. (laughs) (laughs) I was a really good parent before the kids were in my house 24 seven. Me too. I was actually like a really amazing, like phenomenal nanny. Like people really loved 
I know people loved having me because not only did I take care of their kids, I, I really did hold their hand and I was that support piece that, you know, a lot of, a lot of moms are missing like you and me. We, yeah. both, you know, I still have, have no deep relationships with the families that I babysat for during college that they yes. still reach out to me on Facebook, like 20 years later. Right. And it's, you know, if you can be a mom's rock, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's such an, like she, she can flourish and she can grow in ways that sometimes if you don't have that support, you, I mean, you can't as a mom. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how I fell into my enough is enough <laughs> moments is that I really didn't have anyone. And yep. I had a pretty okay time with my first child. He was actually, I thought he was actually kind of easy, but he actually wasn't. <laughs> but I mean, the newborn years was, were, I mean, the newborn years, that's what I say, yeah. the newborn month were crazy. It was not what I expected. I didn't realize that I was going to be so triggered, right? Yeah. But I we grew up kind of together and it was okay. But then my second child came along and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> and things really, really changed. And it was really, really, really hard to maintain the goal of being perfect. Had, you, had you been perfect? Did you think no, you were a perfect mom with a one kid? No, but I was trying. And, you know, with one kid, you almost can do it. You can, right? you can like, really fake it well. You can, you can kind of almost get away with it. Uh-huh. Um, but not with two. No, <laughs> not with two. And taking them with me to my jobs because my clients were really, really kind and let me bring both my kids. Um, and it was really – do you swear on the show? Sometimes. It was really, really hard. Um, let's put it that way. Yep. And, and so I didn't really know that it was like as bad as it was until I'll tell you the story. So this is like one of the first of my enough is, is enough moments. And um, like you mentioned on my podcast, there were many. Let's be clear. <laughs> But I just recently was writing and I was like, I need to write about this one because it feels like something that I should talk about because there's some shame around it. And it's good to, you know, flush these things out. And so I remember this one time where that was my neighbor. Okay. (laughs) I was, I remember this one time where I was just, we were in the playroom and my son was probably, my oldest was probably four, four and a half. And my youngest was still a baby. He was Mm -hmm. on me. It was about nine months, 10 months. Right. And my son was doing something across the room that was not okay. It was like, he was like about to throw something and was going to hit us or like, you know, the bookshelf was going to topple. Something was going to, was going to go really poorly. And I started like screaming across the room at him, yelling at him, holding my baby. And I'm like yelling, I'm like, you need to stop. You need to get down, feet on the floor, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah. And and I looked down, like midway, I kind of caught my breath for a minute. I looked down at my youngest, and he's just like looking up at me, you know, cute and happy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, this child is not reacting to me yelling. Oh. And that hurts oh, so staff. much. Yeah. Because he was so used to it. Right. And if you grow up with a mother that yells, 
you get used to it. Mm-hmm. And he was so young and so just like whatever about it. He was like ready to read the book. You know, he was just like waiting me, waiting me out. And I was like, okay, something has got to, got to change. And that was the beginning of me trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And because it doesn't really happen right away. Like you don't know what to do. No, it doesn't. Thing, you, right? you Like how I told you, I overcorrected, overcorrected, I can't talk. I overcorrected, right? Like I went from my, like my world is falling apart. I just don't even want to pay attention to my kids. This life is too hard. Mm-hmm. I don't, well, how the heck am I supposed to do this? I feel like I'm the only one doing anything um, to let me be like a prison warden in my own life. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I overcorrected and I decided that I would go to every single workshop on parenting. <laughs> oh, and yeah. Read, and read every single book on how to, you know, use positive discipline and how to listen to your children with empathy. And I went down that track. Yeah. And it felt okay at first. And it was really good for my career. Mm-hmm. I mean, really good for my career because I started to really understand what was what I was doing at work. It was great. Yeah. But at home, a lot of the times, I would say 90% of the times, all the stuff that I learned didn't work. <laughs> and that made everything so much worse because then I felt like a failure because I was not doing it right because it was my fault that I couldn't figure out how to make these like tips and tricks that worked for everyone else uh-huh. work for my two kids. And, you know, it was kind of, it was like, it felt like a setup to be honest. Uh-huh. Right. Um, And so that was many, many years of that. And there were, you know, there were plenty of enough is enough moments throughout that. There were, you know, we should compare our bookshelves to see how many of the same books or classes online we took or the same experts we leaned into because it it started the imposter syndrome for motherhood for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't think motherhood could have an imposter syndrome, but it definitely does. And I had, I had 10, 15 years of caregiving under my belt before I had kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it didn't really help because no one ever told me that the lens didn't need to be on the kids. The lens needed to be pointed on me. Mm-hmm. And so it took a few, I mean, it took me at least another five to seven years of really shitty experiences and more enough is enough moments. To really stop and say, I'm fucking done. Like, mm-hmm. I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. This is not working. And so I decided that I just didn't want to be a good parent anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun, funny to say out loud. Yeah. But it's, it was more like the idea of like, I just wanted to start feeling good every day. Yeah. Right. I just wanted to, do the things that made me happy. Yeah. And some of that was just like taking the fixing out of the equation, right? Yeah. And taking the pressure off myself to know how to do everything and to manage doing it all, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really the beginning of my journey. Yeah. 
So what did you get rid of first? What did you stop doing? Well, I definitely stopped reading the parenting. <laughs> I know. I know. Right. Even like, and I have a parenting podcast and I do read, I read them once in a while. If there's like something that's really interesting that I want to talk to the author about, but really I want to talk to people that I know have struggled at parenting. Mm-hmm. I only want to yeah. talk to people who've told me it's hard. I don't want to talk to anyone who says parenting is easy. Yeah, I agree. The other thing that I did is I decided that I didn't want to be perfect anymore either. And that's a decision you can make, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to change your actions, obviously. Mm -hmm. But it became more of like this little like mantra that I told myself when I made mistakes. It's like, well, you can't be perfect anyway, right? (laughs) So let's just focus on parenting imperfectly. Um, and that really did help take some of the pressure off when I was in situations where I wasn't acting the correct way, whatever that yeah. may be, because it was me learning and it wasn't me messing up. Yeah. yeah. Really applying growth mindset to yeah. to motherhood and relationships. Um, yeah. And so then the next thing that happened for me was like, as I started to slow down a little bit, I realized like that I had a little bit more space for me Mm -hmm. in my life. And I know you talk a lot about that, about choosing yourself. And it's this really interesting thing that happens. It's like when you stop filling your extra time with these fixing ideas, Mm -hmm. books and what have you, there's, there's, there's some space for you. Yeah. Like what if you're not a project? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What if you're not broken? Yeah. (laughs) What if you are full of original goodness and you're just fantastic? Like Mr. Rogers says, just the way you are. Exactly. Yeah. But then there's that type A part of me. (laughs) (laughs) She wants to do something, right? Yeah. So I started making these journals. Okay. And I started making these kind of like self-care journals where I had all these different prompts and I would try different things every couple of weeks. I would throw in a new one, you know, mm-hmm. and I was just trying to figure out like what really works for me. What do I really want to like put my attention on? Mm-hmm. And I would do them every night, like after the kids went to bed. And the thing that kept really like feeling the best was like just making a list of things I was grateful for. Yeah. And I was like, this is, I I like this because it's, you know, I'm writing down, you know, like I'm so grateful that my son ate, you know, one green pea yesterday. Right. And it's like, I'm not, and I'm not paying attention necessarily to the fact that then he threw the plate on the floor. Oh yeah. It's more, it was like shifting my attention away from the stuff that, my attention naturally was already on. No one needed to tell me to like oh, yeah. focus on my mistakes. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Your brain is super wired for that. Right. Exactly. And so I was like, yeah, you know, this, this feels good. Like I don't want to focus on, you know, the mess on the floor or the tantrum and target all the time. Like it just, no. this is making my experience not fun. <laughs> um, but remembering that, you know, my son actually let me put his shoes on when he got out of the car to go to Target. Like, that was a win, yeah. right? And that win was overshadowed by the tantrum. And yeah. so when I went to bed at night, the only thing I was thinking about was that tantrum. 
but I was missing stuff. Oh, right? totally. Yeah. And we, and all we the time. Some of the stuff, the really good stuff of motherhood, because a lot of motherhood is really qu- kind of crappy. Yeah. I was literally <laughs> right? just coaching a mom on this, that her six-year-old likes to call her poopy butt right now. And he oh. will say, she'll give him a direction and he'll say, okay, poopy butt. But then he'll go do the directions. And she's hung oh. up on the fact that he's saying poopy butt. And I was like, oh. but he did it. Like, like. Yeah, really. <laughs> Oh, it's true. It's so. It's, I was like, yeah, that that phase will end. I promise. He'll he'll stop calling you poopy butt when it stops giving a reaction. <laughs> but it's triggering for her. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Motherhood and is full of that, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I don't think that really goes away. You can do the work, but like you said on my podcast, it's like. There's just always this process of falling down and getting back up. Yeah, and falling down and getting back up. That's yeah, and really the more we life. practice it, sometimes we can get up faster, right? Sometimes yeah. things are really, really awful, and they knock us down for a long time, and we don't even notice we're knocked down. Like, we had a whole yeah. season of grief in my house where I didn't realize how knocked down I was until I started to stand back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's that, yeah, backwards. Yeah. Taking a look at what has happened, I agree. Um, and that's what that's what I do with gratitude. And so yeah. every morning now I wake up and I have I do my work. My, I do my routine before my children wake up. But my children are older. Yeah. You know, I I mean, let's be honest. I get up at 615. So, like, it's really early. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth it because it's quiet. Yeah. And my first child doesn't wake up until 645. So I've got a solid Yay. 45 minutes. Yeah, I mean, sorry, a half hour yeah. before he even barges in. Which he still does. Yeah. Like, so what does it look like it? for you? So I wake up and I put my tea on and then I, I do, I have, I, I should come in this room, which is actually the room that where the cat lives and Yay. I say good morning to him and we, I try to pet him, but he hates me. Um, but then I sit and I journal for two pages of just free form thought, just whatever, just get everything yeah. out. I actually always wake up with a song in my head. Oh, wow. So I always, that's how I start my journal. And so I'll just write down whatever pop song is like stuck in my head. And it's like, okay, now that that's out of the way, right? It's yeah. almost symbolic. It's like taking it out, putting it uh-huh. on the page. And now whatever else is all the grumblings, all the resentment, all the junk. Yeah. It's just going right onto the page. And I do two pages of that. And then I will sit and I will um, write ten, my my list of things that I'm grateful for. And I write 10. And I write 10 because usually by the time you get to like, you know, two or three, you're like, okay, like I'm done. And it then takes like, well, effort no. to write it that many. Effort. It does. And I use it as an opportunity to look over my yesterday and to train my brain away from just the strong focus on the negative mm-hmm. and remind myself that there's so much good in my life. Yeah. And you really do look. And sometimes I do have to look because my one like requirement is that it really does need to feel like intense and true, authentic gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like when my kids write their gratitude list, they put like socks and it's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to criticize you. You're making a gratitude right. list, but like, I'm not going to put socks unless like you like, saved yeah. my life yesterday. Why the socks? Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, it's better than Minecraft, I guess, but <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. 
So I make my list of 10. I really look over my day from the morning until night. And then I meditate for 10 minutes and then usually I'm good to go. You know, what does meditation look like for you? Um, I use insight timer and I sit for either 10 or 15 minutes, depending on, you know, what time I've got up and I, I sit, I sit quietly. I've been meditating for seven, eight years, whenever that first enough is enough moment was, (laughs) it was one of the first things Uh that I did. Yeah. Meditation, totally mindfulness and breathing. I did the, um, I can't remember a mindfulness stress reduction. I did that program to start years ago because it was very simple and straightforward and it was really helpful. But now I just do basic, just the Vinpa. I don't know how to say it, but, um, just sitting and insight meditation. That's awesome. Yeah. And I do that once a week with a group too on Sunday nights, which is nice, but I really like meditation because it has helped me to grow that noticing muscle, right? Mm -hmm. It's that like, I'm not going to stop getting overwhelmed. I mean, this is motherhood in America, but I am going to notice I am overwhelmed faster. Yeah, exactly. I have this practice. Yes. Um, And so that's really nice. So, yeah, I do that in the morning and then I try to do a bedtime routine um, where before I read my book, I'll do two or three things. I'll just say them in my head. It's a less formal one. Yeah. That's great. Do you notice that now that you have these beginning and end routines, that mindfulness pops into your head during the day at all? Oh, I practice all day. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I I like to use gratitude as a gateway mm-hmm. to mindfulness because it feels, well, it's super easy. Yeah. I feel like it's super easy to find something to be grateful for. If you're outside, it's even easier. Mm-hmm. But for me, I do, um, like when I'm on my walk, I walk in the morning and when I'm on my walk, if I walk by someone and they don't say hello, I'll still say thank you. Like I'll say thank you in my head as mm-hmm. they walk by, that kind of thing. Um, I have a 3.33 p.m. alarm that's mm-hmm. on my phone and that goes off every day and I list three things I'm grateful for. Awesome. Um, and then I do things where I'm just, if I'm drinking my coffee, I try not to be on autopilot. Yeah. I try to notice I'm drinking coffee, right? Or I'm, you know, driving the car. It's like, I'm not gonna, I try to like listen to the music in a different way. I'll try to pick out one instrument Mm -hmm. out of all the instruments in the song. You know, I, I, I'm always trying different things just because it is a compounding practice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Have your boys noticed it? Do they pick up on it? Do you notice them saying anything about it? Well, I, it's so funny because I told that story at the beginning and I think it's actually really, um, it's really impactful that the other day I was saying to them, like, you know, I really want to make sure that I'm going to my meditation group every week because it helps me with, you know, staying calm and, you know, noticing when I'm angry before I yell. And like, I know that I have a habit of yelling from time to time with you guys. And my older son was like, oh, mom, like you never yell at us. And I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I think I do, but I'm going to take it as a win. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And it's this very interesting thing. I think that they 
I don't, I think I don't yell as much as I used to. Yeah. I really do. It and must I be the truth myself. because yeah, you might yeah, yell internally I, more than you yes. do externally now. And then there's the other side of the coin is, is like, unfortunately, the other side of the coin is like the baby in my lap. They're just a little bit used to it now. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. But in reality, I think that their experience is much different than it used to be because mm-hmm. I'm just more patient with them. Mm-hmm. And I had this, I always had this desire ever since I had my second child to have more patience. And I just always wanted that. I just wanted to be more patient, like more patient. And I was like, I don't understand how to get to be yeah. that way. And I and it's like, oh, you have to learn how to pause. Mm-hmm. Like you have to learn how to stop and pause before you yell or before you like slam the door or what have you. And it's like, that's where patience grows. Yeah. It's through mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. It's an intentional choice. It's not just the magic fairy powder that some people are born with. Maybe exactly. it is, but for me, no, I was not, not a very patient child and I feel like I could be a pretty patient adult most days. Yeah, me too. I, I definitely, there's stories, right, where I slugged the kids next door. Like, I definitely was reactive <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> yeah. And I was definitely raised by a reactive mother. And so that was modeled for me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. every episode here, Steph, ends with two questions. One, I think you've kind of already answered. How do you take care of yourself? What's a self-care idea? Well, I'll give another one, which is I take one night off a week. I actually take two nights off now, but I've grown into that. But I purposefully take one night a week off, and that includes the bedtime routine. That's awesome. I'll, I'll make dinner. That's fine. But yeah. I'm not there for the bedtime routine. Even if I have to go and sit in the car in the garage, I am not there for the bedtime routine. That's and amazing. So I think that's a really important thing to do, if you're, especially if you're the default parent. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That that's huge. And I love that it can be like just sitting in the car. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with the noise canceling headphones. <laughs> in a true crime podcast. Um exactly. so what do you do as a family to enjoy each other? How do you have family fun? Oh, wow, that's really interesting. We do um a lot of forced hikes. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have active children, so um, and my oldest is an introvert, so it's very interesting because we all we have to be accommodating of uh-huh. one another's personality. Yeah, um, so definitely forced hikes, and then we do. We're actually in the middle of a Mother's Day challenge where we're doing a gratitude prompt every night at dinner. That's and awesome. So we try to do that, and um, and then my. The other thing is that my youngest son is super creative and he's always coming up with random like games and things for <laughs> us to do. And so right now we have a stock market in our Ooh. household that's dependent on the temperature outside. <laughs> and so we buy and sell based on like if it's, you know, 79 out, it's like, ooh, better sell, right? If I bought it 53. <laughs> that's awesome. And it's kind of funky. He comes up with these things on his own. He's got his, he's, yeah. he's our wild card. Yeah. That's awesome. Fantastic. I love it. And where should people best find you, Steph, so they can keep coming to know you and and work on gratitude, which is kind of a sticky yeah. thing for some people. For sure. I think that it can feel a little bit like a shoulda, shoulda thing. Like, I should be grateful. I think but it depends reality, on how you were raised. Like, oh, gratitude yeah. is a sticky word. 
Yeah. I think that we can um, try another word like let's savor this experience, mm-hmm. right? That could be another way I to like appreciate um, gratitude. I can appreciate, yes, appreciate. things. Yes. <laughs> Savoring and appreciating. Um, you can find my, you can find me on my blog at yep. parentdifferently.com. And then I'm on Instagram, which is parent differently and TikTok too. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for this two part, really fun conversation. Make sure you go listen to part one that's on her podcast. If you started here on part two, um, go check out the Parent Differently with Gratitude podcast. And Steph, I just want to remind you that I'm so glad you're here on earth and that you have always been exactly the right mom for your kids. Thank you. You have always been exactly the right mom for your kids. I believe that into my bones. And it's okay if you are also a human learning and unlearning. All of you gets to show up here and you get to show up with your kids with that same generosity. If this conversation helped you, if this conversation met you where you were and you're like, I would like some coaching, please reach out. Staff is a great coach. I'm a great coach. Reach out to someone. You don't have to be trapped in the same cycle over and over and over again. I'm so glad that you are here on earth and I just hope that you have a good enough day. And I hope that that good enough day includes texting this episode or emailing it or posting about it and sharing it with your friends. Thank you. Talk to you next time.